most competitive guy. I, I mean, I would throw on Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, oh, yeah. Kobe Bryant. It's basketball. It can't be, you know, you, you can't overthink it. Whoops, I think I have to start. Hello there. It's Terry Foster here. How's everybody today? James, are you with me today? I have to adjust my seat. Hey, there you go. Where, where's the bird? All right. For some reason, I cannot hear you. All right, say that again, my friend. All right, well, for some reason, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Just move your lips. Can you hear me? Yes, okay. I cannot hear you. So there must be some technical, but I have a surprise for you today. I know that you want to uh, fight the NBA and uh, for eliminating the rest of the regular season, but I'm a huge advocate of getting rid of the rest of the regular season and just starting the playoffs. Now, here's what I heard may happen. They may just take the top 16 teams, regardless of, of uh, conference, and just have a tournament. So, I mean, some of the bad teams from the East or the bad teams from the West wouldn't, wouldn't make it. And I was going over some things today. Here's some of your first-round matchups if, they, if you did that. You know who the number one seed is? Milwaukee Bucks. They would open up against Orlando. Uh, number two seed, how about, I wouldn't even watch this, the Lakers against Brooklyn. It's a long travel all the way across the country. Oh, that's right. They would do it in Orlando, so... It doesn't matter. You you don't have to travel across the country. Now, the thing that I'm curious about, if they do this, it makes sense to have just the top 16 teams, period, because there's not going to be home court advantage. You, and the reason the NBA wants to have the Eastern Conference fight each other and then the Western Conference fight each other and then they meet the East and the West meets in the finals because they don't want to go through all that travel stuff. But if you play in one location, none of that matters. So you can have uh, you can start off the Lakers against Brooklyn and and not to uh, have six hour flights. Uh, here's another matchup here with another oh the eight nine. I always love the eight nine. It would be Utah and Oklahoma City, two teams from the West, and um, the five twelve, which is always interesting. You would have the Celtics against the Pacers. So that'd be your old team uh, battling it out there. And another good one, 314, Dallas against the Clippers, the team you say is going to win it all. Do you, do you like that?
It's David from the control room. I think both of you have turned your microphones off on the stream. Did turn mine off. Now I got it back on. So I need Jimmy to turn his mic on. All right. It, um, do you just play at any cost? Um, part of the the playoffs is the action and the home court advantage and the excitement and the elimination and everything. If you just play it in Orlando, obviously a lot is going to be missing. But the bottom line is this. You're going to get a champion. I'm not going to put an asterisk by it. I'll just say, you know, if the Clippers win, they're the champions for uh, this weird season. Um, would you look at this, James, and just say, you know what, this, I'm going to throw an asterisk behind this champion as a, as a legit champion? Did they count the 96 season? They Is did. Well, then they should count this season as well. That season was an abbreviated season. That was a 50-game season, um, you know, and and, uh, and it was fine. You know, Do they have a two-month layoff? Uh, yeah, they have longer than a two-month layoff. Um, it was a lockout. So they were locked out for, uh, let's see, the lockout started in June. I think it was June 1st. And didn't end until uh, December or January or whatever fifty, whatever however long fifty games took to finish out the season. Right. Um, so it's usually fifteen games, I, I believe, a, a month or something like that. It works out to. So the first, yeah, November, December, so January, mid January to uh, April, and then the playoffs. Um, was an abbreviated season, and they no one says anything about that. There's no asterisks there, so I don't see any problems. I, I guess all I care about is crowning a champion, no, no matter how you do it. And if you are one of the top 16 teams, you got your lottery ticket. And if you go through this, this, this 16 teams here, and you're the best out of it, you're a champion. You know, it, you know, it doesn't say that you have to play uh, 82 games. And, and a lot of times the best team in the regular season doesn't win the tournament. So this doesn't matter to me. You eliminate the bad teams. Uh, there should be no more Detroit basketball this year. That should be done. No more Golden State basketball. Sorry, you didn't make the top 16. And let's just roll from here. I, I like this format. It's a little weird. It's not going to be fans there. No home court advantage. So maybe you actually get the best team to win rather than the, the team that just happens to have home court advantage to win this thing. Are they still doing series? Yes. Are they still going to do five? Best team always wins series. The best right. team always win a series of game. It's tough if they had changed the format like it was, uh, um, you know, the NCAA, and it's a one-game elimination. Anything can happen, as we know. So uh, the best team – Ninety-nine point nine at a time wins uh, the the series. Just set yourself up for something. When Duke beat Michigan in the NCAA finals, did the best team win? <laughs> it depends. It depends. Like it depends. In my opinion, no. But that's why I said that it's you know any any team can win in a one team um, or one team one game elimination format. 
So it's not the best team doesn't always win that way. Right. Yeah, I understand that. And and normally, yeah, you're right. The best team there are upsets. I mean, you had um, Denver upsetting uh, somebody as an AC with uh, Elijah one. Uh, no, these things do happen. But for the most part, yes, during the series, uh, there's so much ebb and flow during the series that usually what shakes out is the better team does win, even though both teams have uh, stretches where they're the better team at that moment, but the best team overall, I would say, in the NBA wins 90% of the time. See, that's, that's why, that's why when we were discussing about, you know, breaking down or, or eliminating games in the playoffs, that's what you want to see on a professional level. You want to see the top player play as often as possible at a high level and a high stakes. So that um, is what, and that's why I think we're going to see, you know, the, the, the playoff format, we just go cut to the chase, get the top 16s and, and whether there's uh, uh, fans or not, obviously no fans, we're going to see the best basketball, the best players at that time. So, you know, I think this is, I guess the best of both worlds um, being conscious of, the coronavirus and, you know, keeping the social distancing in order and, and still getting our sports. Right. Here's the other thing you see in the playoffs. The superstars get the superstar calls. Now, James, God bless you, but when you were in the NBA, you were not considered a superstar. You weren't <laughs> Michael Jordan. You weren't Isaiah Thomas. Did you get what? pissed off? Now you what? weren't. You weren't. You didn't get the superstar calls. <laughs> Did that piss you off when you would like, like touch somebody and they call the foul on you, especially in the playoffs? You're like, wait a minute, I didn't even do anything. Did that ever happen to you? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I fouled out. I fouled out in a championship game against Kentucky. Um, uh, obviously, five fouls, and literally, I think I've only, I literally had one foul. I, I touched one, I touched my guy once that night before, although five fouls were phantom calls. So, so you have why, to learn you, how to play. You have to learn how to play around it. And uh, our mentality or my mentality, you know, when I played is like you got to play, you know, five against eight. You know, you can't put it in the hands of the referee or rely on a judgment call of a referee. You have to because at any given moment. A call may go your favor or a call may go against you. Regardless, you have to play the game. You have to finish the game. You have to figure out how to uh, function so that you can, you know, win the game. And and that's a learning process. And so fair or not, it happens to every player. Every player has been through it. But it does suck when they a certain player gets certain calls consistently, like a Michael Jordan. When I played MJ, I remember boxing him out under the goal, right in front of the referee, and he grabbed me. So my arms were restricted like this. He's behind me, bear-hugging me, and I'm looking at the ref, and the ref literally has a whistle in his mouth like this, and he just has a little smirk. He gives me a smirk, and he just shakes his head like, nah, like nah. Not today. So you got to fight through all of that. You have to earn your level of respect. So I wasn't in the league long enough to 
earned that type of level of respect. But regardless, you got to play through it because it can happen to you at any moment and you got to finish out the game. Well, let me ask this. If you get two fouls in the first five or six minutes of a game, are you pretty much done? Most people. Most people are. Most people are. You got to know how to play without fouling. You got to know when to give up uh, a layup sometimes. Sometimes you have to give up, not necessarily a layup, but not foul. Um, in, in certain situations where you would have foul, not to give up a layup. And your teammates have to know that you're not going to foul in that situation and somebody else is going to have to position themselves early enough to either make that play or get a foul, um, a spendable foul that, you know, they can use. So you just got to, again, you got to learn how to play when you're in foul trouble and you got to learn how to play. Like say, if, if it's three minutes left in the game, or if it's two minutes, two and a half minutes left in the game and you got, five fouls and you know obviously it's, it's six your six foul to, to foul out or if it's in college you got four and five to foul out you, you're going to have to learn how to defend and adjust your defense to how the referee is calling it so in that moment you don't get a call and here's the key as a player that's why you talk to the ref you don't talk to them and say that's a bad call ref you say, here's a tip, youngsters. You say, hey, ref, <laughs> what did I do to get a to get this foul so I know not to do it this time? So even if you do do it, you may get away with it a little bit more because now you can just bump and touch, bump and touch, bump and go, and you can just look at the ref and be like, I didn't mean to do that. And then you could do it again and be like, oh, my bad. And then you could come back and still be effective. So that's why you talk to the ref. That's why you build rapport so you can, you know, get that edge. Well, I, I tell you who was a master at that, and not necessarily during the game, but Phil Jackson, he would work on the refs between games. I mean, he would say yep. stuff that was going on in the games, and uh, yep. I know a lot of people are against that. But, no, that's smart. That's something that mm -hmm. you're supposed to do. And that's just, you know, the game doesn't end because – especially in the playoffs, it doesn't end because you see triple zeros across the uh, on the clock. You're you're positioning yourself in the next game. That's right. That's right. It is that's right. It's a mind game. Yeah. Let me ask you this, brother. Now you're going to have playoffs. Looks like it's going to be top 16 teams in the NBA. Looks like it's going to be in Orlando. No fans. No home court advantage. And the other thing, we don't know what these players are doing now. Somebody could be at Burger King right now with a $20 King <laughs> habit. Some dudes might be on the couch. Are we going to see some crazy stuff where maybe a team like Brooklyn or something stupid like that wins the NBA title? <clears throat> the first couple of games or, or the first <laughs> quarter or first couple of minutes, you might see some rust that, that needs to be knocked off even with being in practice and, you know, it's just like the preseason, you know, they got to ramp back up, but it'll be much quicker. It won't take as long. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like an abbreviated summer or uh, an extended Christmas break. That's how I, I think guys are treated. I know guys have been in the gym working out and obviously the running part, the running aspect is going to be 
the adjustment period, but I think that that'll come back in a game or two. Um, but it won't be as glaringly obvious because everybody is going to be kind of on the same level. Um, so yes, it's going to be maybe a step slower or not as spectacular as we're used to seeing, but I don't, I don't anticipate that being that long. They'll, they'll get back in shape and back on point real quick. I, I, I've heard players, you know, they've told me it takes them a few weeks to get into NBA shape. There's yes. uh, can, there's certain conditioning, and to, to get in NBA shape, it's going to take a while. So we're yes. going to see some it's, puffing and puffing out there like, man, I can't make that move now. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think the adrenaline is going to kick in, and, um, you know, their, their muscle memory is going to help them much quickly. Because you know this is this you know they've been doing it and 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 the the time that they have I don't know how long how much how much practice time do they have if they have a week or two weeks that's enough time because like you said the majority of players say it takes a week or two the week or two of of mini camp for them to get their legs and win back in under them um, will help them but then there's another another level of game shape so. It's going to take them a game or maybe a half a game um, or maybe a game and a half to really get back into that game mode and game shape. All right, we're going to make you uh, Coach King right now. You you got an NBA team. You had two weeks to get ready to win a championship before the championship series. What are you working on most? Is it conditioning? Are you working more on offensive sets to make sure they're straight? You working more on defense? Are you just trying to get these guys into shape? What's your top priority? My top priority is getting them in shape. Can't play basketball out of shape. You can know all the plays. You can um, everybody could be on the same page in an agreement, and uh, but it doesn't matter if you're not in shape. So the number one priority is to get them in basketball shape so that they can execute. I don't need them being mentally fatigued. At the end of the game, you know, that could cause us a game. So my first thing is to get the temperature of the team, because if my team has been taking care of business, eating right, getting us rest, you know, um, staying in the gym, it'll be easier for me to integrate it with plays. Uh, getting the timing back is number one. Um and, and, and working in basketball drills to get them in shape. So it depends on their level of, of, uh, of you know, the, the level of shape they're in and then uh, really getting their timing down um, at the same time. That, that's the, that's, that's kind of like one and one A. Right. Now, I, uh, let, let me use Kawhi, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, as an example, or LeBron James, one of those two guys, they come in and they're not in shape and they can't do what they did before. I'm sitting there ass, although I know the fan base <laughs> and, and probably the media was just said, no, no, you got to play him because this is the face, one of the faces of the league. You got to play him. You got to play him in shape. I, would, would you dare sit LeBron James? Would you dare sit uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard? Or are you just going to play him and hope they get Kawhi? Uh, 
No, I'm not sitting either one of them. This is professional sports. If we hadn't learned anything by now, it's uh, we don't care what you do. We just care what you do for us. So we're not going to pay you to be getting in shape, sitting on the bench. You're going to get in shape in the game. See, those are different type of players. They're elite players. They're the top players that get paid the most. They're going to be on the court. So as a coach, that, you know, it's not fair. Everybody is treated differently, you know, or if, if if that wasn't the case, everybody should get paid the same. So your contract dictates that you're playing your way into shape. So if you feel like you're going to neglect your body and neglect your team and yourself and go out here and embarrass yourself, well, that's on you. But we're going to get you up to speed that way. That's that's the name of the game. That's that's the professional side. If it was college or high school, I sit his ass down. He wouldn't play until, and even if he did get in shape, he had to earn his spot back because that that is just a level of commitment. But professionally, right. I mean, you know, we could send all the messages, but at the end of the day, you paying them millions of dollars, can't do it. You got to play through it. All right. LeBron James, game seven of round one, six of 20 from the field. You are in an 88-88 tie with Brooklyn. Your ball, your possession, you call a timeout. Are you calling the play for LeBron? Are you calling it for somebody else who might be having a better game at that point? I'm calling it for who's ever having a better game. Who's ever, whoever has the high hand at that point, I'm going to use LeBron as a decoy and get them the ball. I'm going to draw the defense and get a misdirection because obviously you have to account for LeBron. And if they don't, I'm going to make it so much that everything is going to the basket and they have to react to LeBron that when he pulls the defense and either gets the ball or not, if he gets the ball, pulls the defense, or if he doesn't, it's just a simple one-on-one going to the basket, hope preferably to a strong hand. And if not, um, rely or hope for the double team where he could kick it to uh, the open person and then swing the ball to get it to the person who's hot or put that person who's hot in a position where LeBron could fire it to him um, off the first pass. That would be, you know, my strategy if if LeBron was struggling, and even if he wasn't, um, I think LeBron is more comfortable being a facilitator in those moments versus taking the shot. He did, and you know, he was criticized for making the right basketball play. I mean, uh, there were some times against the Pistons and other teams where he was double teamed. He, he finds a wide open teammate. That teammate misses the shot. LeBron gets to blame for that. But it was a smart basketball play. Just because you're a superstar doesn't mean you have to force an off-balance, last-second shot with three seconds left. All these dudes have been practicing thousands of jump shots in their career. I don't care who you are. You get an uh, open jump shot, you're supposed to hit it. So I That's right. He – yeah, but, you know, he got criticized for making the right basketball play, and I didn't understand that. All right, well, brother, you know, we got, I think – Just real quick, I think, I think that 
you know, I think everybody wants him to be like MJ, but he's not MJ. He's more like Magic. And we still compare him to Magic when the real comparison is Matt. Uh, I mean, to Michael, when the real comparison is Magic. That That's absolutely correct. He's more of a facilitator, and he plays that, that full court basketball that very few players do. Now, but I got something else for you. The Miami Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, has basically said, we're playing football this year, which I expect the NFL to do. They're going to play. Now, the question is, are they going to play before a full house? Probably not. But uh, the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers have already come up with a plan where they would have 15,000 or 20,000 at the games, but the NFL is going to play. Okay. Now, as a sports fan, if let's say the Lions say, you know what, we're playing before full house because we got permission from the governor, we got permission from the government. We are playing before a full house. Are you sitting in that stands at Ford Field with a full house? Or are you saying, hey, wait, 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 there's too many people here. I gotta, I gotta have my social distancing here. I'm I'm going to the game, but I just want to know about you. Now see, this shocks me. You're gonna go to the game, but I'm, I'm gonna going. stay home. I'm staying wow. home. <laughs> that first game, I'm gonna let y'all ride out. I'm going to check and see what's popping. I'm going to check and see what that meter read like when y'all come home. And then I'm going to see if, if, if those levels are all right for me if I come back outside and come at mingle with point, you folks. We can get you in the stadium at some point if everything is cool. Oh, this is September Oh, 10th. yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. Right. No, hey, I can't wait. You see, look, I'm always representing, always repping. It's okay. all Cowboys and UT and Oklahoma and Texas A&M and, you know what I mean, Texas Tech and SMU and all that type of stuff down here. I'm the lone Wolverine. So I, I, I can't like wait Michigan to get down They like Michigan down. You don't wear that shirt in Ohio or Illinois. Then you get in trouble, brother. I think you got the music. <laughs> I rep wherever I go. I ain't scared of no Buckeye. Oh. What's a Buckeye? We eat those. No, nah, they, they eat you on the football field, brother. <laughs> the last time you beat Ohio State, because Buckeyes, it's been a while, hasn't it? Uh, I think it's been uh, 10 out of 13 or something like that. Yeah, it's been, a crazy. it's been a little bit. All right, buddy boy, we got a second show coming up. Good job. Had fun talking to you about the NBA when we come back. Um, I've got some local stuff I want to talk about. Are we going to see the death of the malls coming up soon because of the coronavirus? Is that good with you? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> 